Welcome to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. Now, the Bible, of course, is a book that says much about prayer. And the reason is prayer is really the energy, it's the force, it's the fuel, if you will, that empowers the church of God to advance the kingdom of God. Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study in the book of Ephesians. Join us as Pastor Brian begins his teaching on Ephesians, chapter 6, verses 14 through 18, in a message titled, Ready for the Battle. Now, here's Pastor Brian. So here we are. We're coming now to the final message in the series on spiritual warfare. But as you know, the the series on spiritual warfare has been in the context of our study through Paul's letter to the Ephesians. And so uh, picture in your mind this Roman soldier. Paul has, has painted this picture for us. Here's a soldier. He's decked out in his armor. He has the, the breastplate on. He has that, that helmet there. The sword is at his side, the belt and the, the sandals, and he has there the shield of faith. And so from that particular standpoint, he seems to be completely equipped, yet he's not necessarily ready to fight for the two essentials to victory that he might not yet possess are skill and strength. So you see, you can take a person, you can put them in a uniform and you can give them a gun or a weapon of some sort and you can say, okay, you know, go out and fight the enemy. But unless there's been training, unless there is uh, the physical fitness and the mental preparedness, victory is uncertain at best. And so... For us, moving from the picture of the Roman soldier to the Christian soldier, we have a similar kind of a situation. We can be equipped in the sense that we've got the, the, the breastplate of righteousness and the helmet of, of salvation and uh, the sword of the spirit and so forth, but we also need to be fortified spiritually. And that fortification or that that thing that would correspond to the physical fitness or mental preparedness, the thing that corresponds to that for us spiritually is given to us through prayer. And so Paul doesn't disconnect prayer from the armor. He connects it to. So uh, the armor of God, any putting on of the armor of God that would exclude prayer would leave us short of everything that God has intended for us. Now, the Bible, of course, is a book that says much about prayer. And we have several examples in the scripture of men and women who prayed. We have plenty of exhortation to pray. And the reason is uh, prayer is really the energy It's the force, it's the fuel, if you will, that empowers the church of God to advance the kingdom of God. 
You see, if we did everything but left out prayer, we would not gain a whole lot of ground. Prayer is, is the driving force. It's the, it's the fuel, as I said, that's going to propel us forward in advancing the kingdom. So if we're making little progress in our lives personally, or if, if the church is making little progress in advancing the kingdom, then it probably is due to a lack of prayer. C.H. Spurgeon said regarding prayer, he said, my own soul's conviction is that prayer is the grandest power in the entire universe. So think about that. We just have right at the tip of our tongue or even closer, you know, at just the thought of our minds, we have access to this power, this grandest power in the entire universe. He went on to say that it has more power. Prayer has more omnipotent force than electricity, gravitation. Of course, this was long before the understanding of nuclear power, but you could include that in it, or any other of those secret forces which men have called by name, but which they do not understand. So prayer is more powerful than all of those things. And prayer, along with the word of God, these two things are the weapons that we wield in this spiritual conflict that we're in. We are right in the thick of it. It is uh, a time of, of intense spiritual conflict, as maybe you're beginning to see. And we don't have to look far to find opposition that continues to rise up against Christ, against Christians, against the church, against a biblical understanding of life in the world. And we see attacks against all of these things right here in our own culture, in our own society. We see the attacks happening around the world where literally people are being murdered uh, simply because they are followers of Jesus Christ. How do we contend against these things? How do we fight back, so to speak? How do we push back on these principalities and powers? Well, we do it through prayer. And so here, Paul in verse 18, as he concludes this whole initial exhortation to put on the whole armor of God, he says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And so let's just walk through what he says here. Let's break it down and look at it, beginning with praying always. Praying always. So Paul is calling for a continuous attitude of prayer amongst among God's people. So as he said to the Thessalonians, pray without ceasing. That's essentially what he's saying that we are to do. We're to pray always. Now, the Christian understanding of prayer lends itself to this beautifully because in the Christian understanding of prayer, uh, we don't have a specific location where we must pray, nor do we have a, a specific time that we have to pray. Many religions have 
certain locations. You either have to be in the location to pray or you've got to, in some cases, direct yourself toward that location. Uh, Not so with Christian prayer. We can pray anywhere. Doesn't matter. You can be in a church building or you can be on a beach or you can be stuck on the freeway or you can be in a classroom or you can be on the job anywhere. You You can pray anywhere. That's a wonderful thing. And, and there's no specific time. As in some religions, you have uh, times when you pray, certain times of the day. But we are called to be praying all the time. No particular time of the day. We are to be lifting our hearts thousands of times over and over again throughout the day to the Lord. So what Paul is calling us to really is being in a perpetual attitude of prayer, uh, an attitude where we're just in, that's our inclination. We're just, we're going to prayer all throughout the day as things come before us, as needs arise around us, we just, we go immediately to that. You know, I know a few people that are so naturally inclined in their in their prayer, that they, they can just transition from conversation with you right into conversation with God without skipping a beat. And uh, I, I like that. I, I want to be able to become that familiar with prayer myself, where you're just, you can be talking about something, and then, you know, in the course of the conversation, maybe something comes up that is that needs prayer, and you just, without even saying a word like, well, let's pray, you just automatically start talking to God about it. That's the kind of thing that Paul is describing here. We're just going around in a, in a, a state of prayer where there's all day, every day, just continued communication with the Lord. And that's a beautiful thing. And what a, what a wonderful privilege we have to not only, you know, be invited by God to pray, but to be given that access any time of the day, 24-7. So Paul says, pray without ceasing. And then he says, uh, having said praying always, he says, with all prayer, with all prayer. Now, prayer is kind of a you know, general term, when, when we think of prayer, we think of petitioning a deity. That's normally what you think of when you think of prayer, right? Um, and that's pretty much what prayer is. I mean, sometimes people would even use uh, the term pray in, in petitioning a person, but generally we understand it to be the petitioning of a deity. But there's different kinds of prayer in as much as there are, there are slight distinctions Uh, So prayer is the general term, but then you have uh, petition, you have intercession. Paul mentions here in the passage supplication on two uh, different occasions here. And so these are just different aspects of prayer. But Paul says, use all of these. Pray in all different kinds of ways. You know, prayers don't have to be long prayers, You can pray long prayers, and sometimes the situation calls for a long prayer. But you know, prayers can be very short. Prayers can be 
what you might call arrow prayers. You're just shooting up an arrow prayer to the Lord. And, you know, they, they can be just, just as effective as a long prayer. If it's a sincere prayer from the heart and just, you know, you can say it that quickly, God hears that prayer. Sometimes that's the way to pray. And sometimes, like I said, you don't have the opportunity to go into a long prayer. You're in a situation and it's like, okay, a short prayer is going to have to suffice here. So use whatever means is necessary for the occasion. Sometimes we pray collectively as a group together or in a prayer meeting. Uh, Sometimes you're praying individually. Paul's saying pray in all of these different ways. Just pray. The important thing is that we pray. Now, prayer, I have discovered, is something that's easy to talk about. And it's easy to get excited about it when you talk about it and you realize the potentials in it. But it is a lot more difficult to do than it is to talk about. Because when you get down to it and you really start to pray, this is when you are actually pushing back against the devil. And when you push back against the devil, of course, he pushes back on you as well. So there's a, uh, there's a battle that takes place here in prayer. And so we've got to be committed to prayer, regardless of, of how we feel about it. If we, if we pray only as often as we feel like praying, we probably won't pray that much. We have to press through that, that feeling thing and we have to do this as a discipline. So praying always, praying with all prayer. And then he says, praying in the spirit. What does he mean by praying in the spirit? Well, what he's talking about here is that we would be directed in our prayers by the spirit. God has certain things that he wants to see happen at certain times. And what we want to do is we want to tap into those things that, that are on the top, if you will, I'll just use this analogy, but they're on the top of God's priority list. Lord, what do you want us praying about? And so as we come to God in prayer, we come asking him to lead us in prayer. Lord, you, you show us what's at the top of your list. Lord, you put on our hearts the things that are most pressing on your heart. And we're, we're asking God to lead us as we pray. That's what it means to pray in the spirit. It's spirit-directed prayer. And as we ask the Lord to do that, we're going to find that he's going to give us promptings. He's going to show us in various ways the direction that we're to go in in prayer. One of the most frequent ways that you you sense and feel that you're being directed by God in prayer is when you're praying with others in a group. Because what will often happen is there you are and you're, you know, maybe there's a half a dozen of you or whatever and you're you're sitting there praying and somebody's praying for something and then as they're praying suddenly something comes into your mind. And you're like, yes, yes, we need to pray for that. I, I want to pray for that. Before you even get the chance to do it, somebody else suddenly prays for that. And you realize, 
All right, the Lord is leading. Yeah, we're on the right track. And then that starts happening as you go around the group. So that's one of the advantages in praying together with a group. You can really get that sense of being led uh, by the Spirit when you're praying. Now, that can, that can happen when you're praying uh, individually as well. There are times when you really you start to sense that God is directing you. Whenever I start to pray, I always pray, Lord, lead me. If, if there's not something already pressing on my heart that I want to pray about, as I just go about my daily prayer time, I always start out, Lord, direct me. And always the initial part of my prayer is utter chaos and confusion in my head. I start out and I'm just kind of like, what? And I can't focus. I can't concentrate. I, I've got maybe 10 different things I'm kind of bouncing off of and I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm getting nowhere. But as you just keep pressing in, as you keep persevering, and sometimes I have to stop and say, okay, Lord, clear the confusion. Help, help me get some clarity here on where we're going. But as you just press through, then things start to come into focus. And suddenly there's a thought in your head like, okay, pray for this couple. They're having a difficult time in their marriage or, or pray for that person because they're, they're being persecuted for their faith or, or pray for this family because they're going through a severe uh, financial crisis or or pray for that fellowship that you know of because, you know, they, they've got some real challenges. Pray for that pastor because they're going to be doing this outreach. So those things start to come into our minds. And that's how we can sense that we are being led by the Spirit. So Spirit-directed prayers, praying in the Spirit. And here's a great thing, too. When you're being led by the Spirit... God's laying these things on your heart. And to me, the very fact that God lays burdens of prayer on our hearts, it, it indicates to us that these are the things that God is going to answer. So I can pray with even more confidence. Lord, you told me to pray about this. You, you moved on my heart. You, you put this on my heart. So Lord, I'm believing that this is something that you are wanting to see happen. So we can even pray with, with more confidence as we pray being led by the Spirit. So praying in the Spirit. And then he says, being watchful therein. So there's to be a watchfulness in prayer. In other words, we're to be on alert or on our guard. We're to look for opportunities to pray. You know, oftentimes things arise in people's lives that call for urgent prayer. So we as God's people, part of our task, part of our warfare, part of the way we wage warfare is we keep a lookout for things to pray about. We, we keep a watchful eye on circumstances and situations so that when something happens, we can go to prayer for that. In the ancient world, of course, they had with the, the walled cities, they would have a watchman who would be there upon the wall and the watchman was always looking out for danger, looking out for trouble. And whenever the watchman would spot um, any kind of a concerning situation, he would then notify everybody else that, trouble was up. And so that's the picture. Being watchful, we're, we're looking around and we're seeing where are there 
places or lives or, or communities or families or, or personal issues? Or where, where are things where you, you see that there's the enemy started a fire or there's a real conflict going here? Then we come together as God's people and we pray for those things. Paul is saying, be on guard. Be on the alert. Now, not only are we to be watchful, but then he says that we are to persevere. And perseverance in prayer is probably the most challenging part of it. Because like I've already said, prayer is hard. Paul refers to it in another place. Uh, he refers to Epaphroditus who labored for you in prayer. And that's a good way to describe prayer. It's laboring. And like I said, it's easy to, you know, hear a sermon and get excited about prayer or to read a book and get excited about prayer. It's a whole other thing to persevere in prayer because it's labor. It's tough. I, I can get in my mind excited about a prayer meeting. Yeah, we're going to have a prayer meeting. We're going to pray for this. We're going to see the, the enemy overthrown here, and we're going to see God do his work. And so let's get together for prayer. And we're all excited. And then you get in the, the prayer circle, and all of a sudden, it's like, you know, something happens where this, this dark cloud just drops on top of you. This, this weight, this oppression just comes up on you, just kind of like pushing you down and and sort of silencing you and, and kind of numbing your brain to where you can't even think and your eyelids, you can't even keep them open. Suddenly you want to just fall asleep and you're thinking, all right, well, I hope this prayer meeting gets over real quick because, man, I, I got to get out of here. You were so excited before you got to it. I'm describing my own experience quite often. And, and then you find yourself, I, I can't even speak. I can't even articulate. I can't even think of anything to say about this. That's part of the enemy pushback on us. That's the enemy's resistance. That's him saying, no, no, I'm not going to let these prayers go out. I'm not going to let this happen. I'm not going to let these people drive me back from the ground I've taken. That's exactly what we're uh, intending to do. But in order to do it, we have got to persevere. Jesus said it. He told a parable to this end that men should always pray and not lose heart. And then he told the story about the, the woman who went to the unjust judge and she said, you know, I want you to vindicate my cause. And the unjust judge, he had no interest. He didn't care about her. He just, no, I, you know, leave me alone. Don't bother me. But she was persistent. She kept coming. And finally, he relented of his unwillingness and he gave in and he did so simply because of the persistence of the woman. Jesus said, God's not like that. That guy was unjust, but even, even a person like that through persistence was worn down. He says, how much more is God, the righteous judge going to respond to us when we come to him in prayer? But we need to pray, he said, and not faint or lose heart because that's what can happen. Jesus also taught us in prayer that we are to ask, seek, and knock. And when you read that in the Gospels, what's not indicated there is that in the original language, 
there's a continuance of, of these things that you would continue in them. So you could translate it, keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. In other words, don't give up. January, Back to Basics Radio is offering a book titled Out of the Black Shadows by Stephen Longu with Ann Coombs. Abused, abandoned, empty, and angry. This is a story of many youth in our culture today. And it's also the beginning of the story of the life of Stephen Longu, a young African man turned terrorist during a time of political and social unrest in Africa. In his book, Out of the Black Shadows, Stephen Longu shares his testimony of being abused by his father abandoned by his mother, rejected by family, to ultimately finding inner healing, peace, reconciliation, and true purpose through Jesus. If you want to be inspired by the transformation and healing God can produce in a life, you need to get this month's resource from Back to Basics. The book, Out of the Black Shadows by Stephen Lungu with Ann Coombs, is our gift to say thank you for your donation to Back to Basics. So we encourage you to call us right now at 1-800-733-6443 or visit us online at backtobasicsradio.com. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue tomorrow with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we study together in the book of Ephesians. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.